You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 13, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Scott. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the world, comics, and pop culture, and we like them so much, we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, it's all Avengers, with our discussion topic being the Avengers movie, and our toy of the week is favourite Avengers action figure, rapid-fire review style. Welcome, guys. How are we? Very well, thank you, Ben. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Very good, very good. All right, for those listeners who've been with us for a while, you'll probably notice we have a new name with us as co-host for this episode, so uh, we'd like to offer a very big welcome to Adam. Yay, big so... welcome, Adam. Yay. <laughs> Adam, what was the best you, I could do? Uh... Don't laugh at it. Uh, no, no, I wasn't <laughs> laughing at you. I, I never do. I was waving my hands <laughs> and cheering here and everything. <laughs> mm, mm, indeed, indeed. All right, all right. Um, I guess before we get going, um, Adam, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself? Like, sort of, what comics do you read? What toys do you collect, etc. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me on. First off, guys. Um, Pleasure. So, I've been collecting toys. I reckon as an actual collecting thing, probably about ten or twelve years. The collecting side of things would have started with a bit of Dragon Ball Z back when that was all the rage at the start of the 2000s and then yep. kind of dropped off for a bit and then got into Marvel Legends just as they were dying, which was really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so it's your fault. That, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> and then got into the um, all the three and three-quarter line from Hasbro and as you've seen, or those of you that have seen my collection, I've just, you know, filled cabinet after cabinet with the bloody things. <laughs> Um, yes. as, far as, yeah, as far as comics go, um, mainly at the moment I think I'm really reading more like boys and going back and getting a whole bunch of stuff from the 80s and 90s that's been collected uh, finally. So, you know, things like the Chris Claremont, Jim Lee, Omnibuses of X-Men and all that kind of right. stuff. Excellent, excellent. All right, I think you're going to fit in very well. <laughs> oh. All right, then, well, let's get this show on the road and uh, we'll come back in a moment with some articulated news. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. Superman. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton cannon blasting, laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. Superman. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman figures each sold separately, blocks not included. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now, we're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in and captured our interest this week. So, guys, a few things have caught our eye this week. And, Adam, you've got some Lego news. Yeah, um, 
so anyone that's hung about with me for any time knows that my wife's heavily into Lego. Um, we've got a massive setup. Um, so I was interested to find a site a few few weeks ago, I'd say, called uh, Kusu, I guess it's called. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Um, it's C-U-U-S-O-O. And basically it's a bunch of people that come up with their own custom sets and uh, other people can vote and support them. And once they get to, I think it's 10,000 people supporting it, Lego step in and have a look and start deciding whether or not they want to commission it as an actual set. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So far they've done, I think, three sets got commissioned. One of them was Minecraft and one was the Hayabusa uh, satellite and one was some other thing. Um, The disappointing thing from a week or so ago was that the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead, which, you know, someone lovingly put together and got the 10,000 votes, got decided by Lego as being not on Lego themes enough, given their audience. Yeah, I I mean, I can see, look, last, last episode I shared that Shaun of the Dead is actually my favorite movie. And, uh, you know, as much as I would love this, I can see, fair enough, that it probably is a property that is a little bit outside of what Lego is about. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, the, when you look at the, the photos on that website, and we'll put this in the Enhanced Podcast, um, it is sensational what they came up with. It's such a shame it's not going to come to be. I don't know. It's a bit of an interesting one. I mean, I know that Lego has a fairly um, low age bracket. I, I think they mentioned on the site that, you know, it doesn't fit into that, that you know, age 4 to 10 or something like that. But um, I don't know. I mean, so a lot of the Lego sets that, that come out are extremely complex and they're clearly not aimed at that kind of age group. That, you no, know, but they're I don't know. still based on a property that is more all ages. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe one day they'll consider a mature age line or something. <laughs> Considering they've got their repeated attempts at a girls, are, girls appropriate only line that always fails. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, I, it's yeah. interesting thing to talk about just you know, from discovering that whole process as well, which I don't think any of us were aware of, and I wasn't until you, you gave us this link. But it's fantastic just to see that sort of – uh, interaction um, with the Lego community and the possi- the possibility that if you've got a great idea that you may actually be able to turn it into reality is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. And you had something else for us too on Lego News. Um, yeah, the other one from the same site is that it looks like they're going to go ahead, well, the other one that's got to 10,000 votes recently was uh, a Back to the Future DeLorean. Um, so I think Lego... <laughs> are now looking at that one and uh, they have to basically go and see whether or not they would commission it, but I can't see why they wouldn't. It's an all-ages-appropriate franchise. Yeah. And then they have to talk to whoever they need to talk to to get a fr- uh, get um, licensing done. And, and maybe then yeah. if we get the uh, Lego DeLorean, we can put that next to our Mattel hoverboard and, you know, if we can get one piece of Bats of Future merchandise out of every different company, then you actually get a Bats of the Future toy line. Yeah. well, None, none of it will go together, but... <laughs> I was actually going to ask, does the DeLorean, is it actually going to come with a Marty McFly? Because, you know, other companies are producing items that don't come with figures. <laughs> well, yeah, looking at the set that the guys put together, it's got, a, it's got the Doctor and it's got Marty, and they both look like yeah. they're out of the um, Back to the Future 3. Although the DeLorean doesn't look like it's got train wheels, but that can be changed. 
But that is very That's cool. very clever. Yeah, it does look very nicely put together. So, mm. yeah. Excellent. All right. Very good. All right. I think that's probably one of our um, be about our second Lego news in in podcast. I think we've played it once in the past. So good, good to see Lego getting a, yeah getting a leg up. All right. And Scott, <laughs> you've got uh, some updates on some hot toys action. Yeah, there's this little film out there called The Avengers at the moment, and it's getting a little bit of merchandise, which is, you know, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Um, yeah, Hot Toys is very steadily uh, draining wallets out there, and the latest one up for pre-order is Thor. Now, I have to say, this is the first one that I am definitely not getting. Um, I have the Thor movie figure, and uh, I don't like the head sculpt of this Avengers Thor at all. Um, it it does not hit the the money for me. I think it you know it's something that the the head sculpt on the uh, original Hot Toys Thor I think is a good Chris Hemsworth license. Uh, sorry, likeness. The hair is not fantastic, and I did you know think that I could see myself getting the Avengers one if the head sculpt was a big improvement, but I'm just not, you know, not feeling this. I don't know what you guys think about it. Yeah. Is there much difference between this, this one and the previous one, as far as like the neck down, like, like is his costume vastly different? It is actually, um, it, it is in that there's a bit, the the suit is a bit different. It's a, there's a bit more blue happening there. He's got mm-hmm. a, a stripes in a, in a couple of different places. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. it's, it's not a dramatic difference. And uh, I just I don't actually think in a lot of the angles that they photographed this at that it actually looks a great deal like Chris Hemsworth. It's not, um, you know, not as good I think a likeness as the last one. And in some photos, it just doesn't look anything like him at all. So, um, I, I mean, you know, my, my wallet thanks me. Um, and <laughs> because this is probably the only one that I will pass on. Um, I have the original Black Widow one, but the new one coming is coming with molded hair, um, which to me is a, a big plus. So, and it's also, it's Garjo. Um, so, yeah. yeah going to find that pretty hard to pass on and uh you know most likely getting that big green guy as well that we'll talk about in a moment so um <laughs> you know it's a it's a good call from a, a money perspective but yeah i'm just not feeling it i don't i just don't really like the head sculpt on this at all um yeah it's yeah. it's it's iffy isn't it like i'm looking at it and it um it, it's kind of if you sent leonardo dicaprio to the gym oh that's that's what it looks like. He looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. It's bizarre. That's not yeah, sold on the costume on it. Like I realise it's meant to be the costume from the movie, but in the movie it didn't look that bad. No, it's it's not as vibrant, is it? This no, looks very vibrant. No, it does. I mean, I wonder mm. if they have accentuated the differences in it to in order to make it a different figure from the first one. I look. I mean, I I might be looking at it completely differently. If I didn't have that first Thor, and I wanted, you know, I wanted the whole team, and it's definitely, a, you know, good jumping on. Uh, but I actually don't know that that first Thor is impossible to find out there. Even I don't think it's, you know, one of the top sellers. So, I, if if I was, 
you know, advising somebody, I would be more inclined to tell them to go and get that first figure than, than this one. Yeah. And there's, there's no sideshow exclusive either, though. There's no kind of added thing coming in, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it will sell well because there's such hype around the movie and, um, the line overall is, looks so good. And speaking of, we have now seen some preview pics, uh, sneaks of the Hulk, we just uh, for some yes. reason almost all of these figures we see them without a head um and then they get a head <laughs> uh but the yeah, we yeah. see we saw hot, hot toys put some backstage photos up we see the hulk next to uh, an iron man figure and he is massive and it looks fantastic um fantastic yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, to me, and we'll obviously get to this later when we start talking about the film. But t- to me, the Hulk is the breakout star of it. Um, you know, in in a lot of ways, and I, I think that there's going to be a lot of Hulk traction um, following him from this film. So this is one that you know, I, I hope they make a lot of them because I reckon people are going to be after this. You know, selling children, yeah. selling children's organs to be able to pay. For it, and all I can say is thank you for Sideshow Flex Pay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll get back to the Hulk shortly. And uh, our last bit of news is um, Sideshow have uh, shown a, a sneak of their upcoming Rhino comicette, and um, I just think it's fantastic. I uh, I didn't even know it was coming. I didn't no. realise it was being made, or I had no tips or hints or anything like that. So when I got my show email and I saw it there, I thought, oh, hang on, I haven't seen that. Now, at first I thought it might have been the legendary scale bust and then I clicked on it and I just think it looks brilliant. Um, it really, to me, it looks and feels just like the Rhino and um, I, I've contemplated the Bowen Designs Rhino um, now and then, but I just, there's just something about it that's a little off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't think I can put my finger on it exactly. Uh, but this thing just looks killer. Um, I believe it's one six scale. Yeah. So uh, for a while there, there was some rooms it was a quarter scale and that sort of thing. So uh, I think even at one six, it'll be massive. It'll be massive. I, I agree about the Bowen Rhino. Uh, it's one that I've often, yeah. you know, looked at because it is out there and around on eBay. And but I, there's something actually I think about the face that just doesn't quite work mm. for me. Um, you know, this is. This is going to be humongous, humongous. It yeah. looks, it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. Do, do, do you do statues or comicettes at all, Adam? I don't really do much. I do more of the. Um, I've got some of the Bishojo ones and a couple of the older. I think Bowen mini busts. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this guy looks really good. I think yeah, the old Bowen Rhino looked a bit. The face was wrong, and hmm. the other thing that's interesting yeah. is they've always got angry charging Rhino. Always. Yeah. There's never, yes. there's never, you know, dopey, stupid-looking rhino, which is obviously the other facet of the character, but we just don't get it. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing that's interesting is um, there is actually a new rhino in The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, the old rhino's kind of semi-retired, but um, I noticed this is kind of that, that newish, old version of the rhino in that... When he was illustrated in the past, he never actually had the the rhino details. He'd never had the eyes and that sort of thing. He was just kind of this guy in a grey suit with a horn sticking out of his head. And I think it was um, Adam Cubitt when he started doing um, Kazar 
Um, he was the one that started drawing the rhino with the really detailed rhino features, like the eyes and the ears and all that sort of thing. Okay. And so I've seen they've actually gone with that design, and I quite like it. I think it, it looks quite good. Cool. I can't wait to see some scale pics of this. Yes, with the uh, Sideshow Apple. Because, <laughs> you know, a- apples only come in one size, so it's perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, that wraps up the Articulated News. We'll be right back to talk about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. They're going to fight! They're going to fight! I thought Daniel wouldn't fight! He's got no choice! Justin, you must fight to the finish. Remember, Daniel, son, true strength comes from heart. He's gonna do it! Discover the secrets of karate with Karate Kid Cry Action Figures. Concentrate, Daniel, son. They chop, twist, and kick. Karate Kid Cry Action Figures are each sold separately. And for more action, look for the Karate Kid Competition Center from Remco. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. So, Scott, did you want to go first? I certainly will be happy to. Um, I've had actually quite a, a big week. I got the uh, a box from Big Bad Toy Store with a, a pile of loot in it um, that <laughs> included a couple of um, Eagle Moss pieces. I don't think I've ever talked about those before. I don't really collect those. Um, they're little lead figurines. Um, I got into them a little bit at one stage, but the the, the idea of them is great. The detail... It's just a tiny little bit lacking sometimes. Um, but I love the magazines that come along uh, with them where you get all this you know, information about the character. And they recently did a Photon one, my dear Monica Rambeau um, from the Avengers. And so there was no way I was going to pass that up. The figurine itself is great and the magazine is fantastic. So um, I got that. And then I also got um, the first piece in the Batman chess set just to see what that was like as well because I, I thought it was something that I might be interested in collecting for my eldest and uh, it's actually quite good I have to say um, but I don't know if it's kind of worth I don't know if I've actually prepared to sink the money into the whole set but the Batman itself is very nice. And then also... So, in, oh, hang, sorry, hang on. on. So you only just got the one... It, it came out as one piece, so... Is it, uh, they're releasing one at a time, and it's kind of like, what, a month or so between each one? Yeah, so it's like... A, you can get it, actually get it as a subscription, and you can get it within Australia. You can buy the subscription... And you get, it's like, you know, the way you used to buy encyclopedias back in the day. We'll send you one a month for a little. Um, so you can get it that so way. Does, yeah. So does that mean they can draw it up for years? Uh, I think it, it will take a little while to actually acquire the whole set, yes. Um, oh, but, but I can see a part of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's about um, the, the process of collecting it, I guess. And I guess a way to spread out mm. the the money, but I don't, you know, I, I like it, but I don't know if my eldest would like it enough to, you know, have that as a gift for however long. Um, yep. but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's very nicely detailed the way, the way that they've done it and the whole set. Um, it's, it's all Batman characters and it's, and it is new 52 designs. Um, so I'll definitely get a few more. They're doing a Katana, which has always been a, a pet character of mine. Um, so I'll definitely pick that one up and see how you go. Um, and then also in that big bed toy store box, I got 
two uh, Bashaju Marvel statues Adam mentioned earlier, which is Mystique and X-23. Um, I have a bit of a love-hate with this line because um, they, they've changed the scale of these as they've gone through from a, you know, a smaller scale to, you know, they have increased the size and, and the scale of these about halfway through. And so it feels kind of like two collections and, you know, so it bugs me a bit, you know, these two, both of these um, characters are posed in kind of a kneeling fashion. And yet if you put them up against um, some of the original pieces in the line that were standing, they're almost the same height. And so, oh, that's a shame. yeah, so, I mean, it's just, a, you, know, you collect these, don't you, Adam? Yeah, I'm pretty much doing pick and choose. I'm just kind of going, oh, yeah, I like that character. I don't like that character. But, hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think that Ms. Marvel looks significantly taller than the Rogue, for example. Oh, huge. Yeah, Ms. Marvel's out on its own as well, even, you know, with the, they seem to have gone to a, a consistently larger scale from kind of black catch on you know invisible woman um the jean gray but ms marvel is even bigger than those so that's a mm. she's a kind of weird one all on her own and um you know i did read somewhere where they said we, we had feedback that people wanted them to be a bit bigger and that's why we've done it which is fine um but for me you know it's definitely changed my outlook on how i collect the line from being a completist to yeah, I'll, I'll only get these if I like them. And I didn't actually pre-order either of these, but I was up in Sydney last week and I made a visit to King's Comics and saw them and really thought, oh, I do like them after all. And so um, <laughs> I put them in my box that was about to come and got here super quickly with the... I, I got the Express Turtle from America, which was great. Um, so they're, they're great. You know, they're, they're great. It's just that scale thing that kind of niggles. So I have to have – I can't display them all together. I have to display them in two sets depending on which scale they're in. And then I just got and have not actually opened the Hot Toys Black Suit Spider-Man, um, which is a sideshow exclusive version, which means that it's got the Sandman base in it. So I'm really oh, looking okay. forward to opening that up. The box is huge. Very exciting. Cool. That's cool. That sounds like quite the haul for this week. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, Adam, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I haven't really got anything this week, but I think last week would have been. I've got a big box of stuff, much like Andy from Big Bad Toy Store. Um, I had my Avengers Quinjet, which I was saying just before we started the show, it's an engineering nightmare. I mean, you've got a, <laughs> a hatch that's on the box, is clear. I think I'm... I think there's different pictures on the box. One's clear, one's silvered over. This is silvered over, so launch it yourself out of your emergency ejection sheet to see at your own peril. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah. It's got yep. missile launchers that are located inside the fuselage uh, of the plane directly behind the cockpit. I don't know if that's the best idea. And, you know, we all complained about who has a, uh, a bow harness that doesn't have fast release but keeps explosive arrows in it. I do. Uh, what are you saying about me? <laughs> Far out. <laughs> and, you know, just there's all kinds of weird engineering quirks that I don't think anyone would actually build into a plane of any sort. <laughs> um, so that was one of them. Uh, I've got a Voltron Monster Apocalypse set. So Monster Apocalypse uh, is uh, a, who, uh, who? What now? <laughs> Voltron the Lions, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s. So there's this game called Monster Apocalypse, which only happened upon when I was looking at this set. And essentially, most of the time, it's you know. 
the kaiju, I think it's Hayman to say it, the giant Japanese monster kind of thing, like a Gamma and a Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And basically it's all about beating the crap out of each other's monsters on a tabletop, so that's good. Cool. Uh, cool. <laughs> got a, a, clicks, a Hero Clicks brick um, of Guardians of the Galaxy, which I haven't opened any of the the smaller boosters, like the regular size boosters. I'm waiting for a couple of friends to come over and have a bit of a day of it. But I opened up the, the colossal sized one and to my absolute delight, got a massive Galactus. Wow. Uh, ah. And the thing cool. is, I think it's probably the most in-scale Galactus that I've got, considering that each hero click is about an inch maybe in height, and this guy's, I'd say, 12 inches. Wow. Um, so that one's really good. Um, other than that, recently I've got a bunch of Marvel Universe um, variants and some customs. So, yeah. You're, you're, you're right into the, um, the Marvel Universe, aren't you? you? You sort of track down all the exclusives and sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think I've, I missed, um, oh, what did I miss? I missed the X-Force Archangel, which is the whole reason that I went and got some variants because I'm <laughs> taking the time to paint over the, the, uh, the blues with black and the purples with silver. I thought, well, yeah. for 70 bucks, that saves me doing it. What, was the X-Force <laughs> Archangel, was that the um, exclusive figure for Marvel subscriptions or... It was either that or an SDCC one from maybe last year. Because 2010, the exclusives were, what, Nick Fury and something else. Yeah, I, th- I think it might have been. I the think it's that. Invaders box set? Yeah, the yeah. Invaders box set was SDCC, along with, I think, the World War II cap, the black and white cap, and the yeah. uh, Ages of Thunder Thor. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, Nick yeah. Fury would have been the subscription exclusive and so would have been archangel Mm. yeah i don't have that one either that's one that um has slipped through my fingers for sure and now goes for you know at least 80 bucks us Uh. on (laughs) epay excellent excellent oh good stuff all right um as for me acquisitions for this week i had a bit of um good luck in the last uh week or so um Oh, I haven't been sort of looking for much in particular, but I did actually get a, a message from Justin, a.k.a. Night Owl, one of our uh, regular hosts on the podcast, to let me know that a guy uh, on one of the discussion forums was actually selling some of his high-end items, and I went to have a bit of a look, and he actually had a couple of uh, Hot Toys Predators. But wow. in particular, the one that really jumped out at me was... Um, in amongst all the regular predators, they actually did uh, a figure called uh, Machiko Naguchi. And uh, for those people who aren't sort of familiar with the Aliens vs. Predator franchise, she was actually a character who first appeared in the original Aliens vs. Predator miniseries from Dark Horse Comics. And uh, she's sort of like this administrator on this um, farming planet and the, the predators basically um, deliberately infect all the livestock so that they... Uh, with with aliens so they create these sort of freaky aliens and then they come and hunt them and things go pear-shaped and basically almost everyone gets wiped out and she ends up having to sort of team up with this predator to fight off the hordes of aliens and so she becomes this sort of kick-ass warrior chick and Hot Toys uh, brought out this figure some years ago and uh, it's absolutely stunning and it's um, certainly gone up in price quite a bit and 
this this guy on on Oz Figurama was basically selling one. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have the box anymore, but he was selling it for an absolute steal. So mm. uh, I, I quickly sent him an email, and he, he sent one back and said that um, look, he had someone on another forum who was interested, and they were umming and ahhing and getting back to him. And so I replied and said, well, you know, look. If you don't want to wait, I've got money, good to go. Just let me know. And mm-hmm. then he responded, and he said, "Well, you know, do you want to take the um, the wolf predator as well?" And he said, "If I throw them in together, you can have them, and for a good deal." And I said, "Okay, you've twisted my arm." And so I, I got them for an absolute steal of a price. And uh, yeah, the, the wolf predator is, um, for those that don't know, is the the main predator from Aliens vs Predator Requiem, the last. Aliens vs. Predator film, not a particularly good film, but a, a particularly cool Predator. So, and yeah, just to sort of finish off that story, he lives in Sydney, which is about 300 kilometres away from where I am, and he said, oh, instead of posting them to you, a friend of mine, you know, lives not far away from you, and he, he's coming up to Sydney this weekend, I could just give them to him and he could drop them off, and so I was sitting there going, I have no idea who these people are, do I, do I take the chance, or what do I what do I do? But sure enough, yeah, this this fellow came to my house and dropped them off, and yeah, they're awesome. Wow. Yeah, that was a good win. So uh, yeah, I, I helped him move some stuff, and yeah, it's nice to catch a break once in a while, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and I think it also just goes to show the the type of community that that is out there. We've talked about this quite often um, about the, the the people that you meet and the the opportunities that arise from that. And this is just one of those classic examples. I mean, if I was to buy Machiko off of eBay, uh, you, you know, you wouldn't find her for less than about three hundred and fifty US now. And um, I mean, I got one loose for one hundred and forty bucks. So yeah, hmm. nice. very pleased. Good stuff. All right, excellent, guys. So if no one else has any other items to report, it's time to move on to our discussion topic of the week. Anyone for turtle soup? Oh, no! Raphael's in the clutches of the evil foot flesh-o-matic torture machine. Will the turtle cycle make it in time? Will Raphael be destroyed by the retro-mutagen ooze? I don't know. What a shot! The double-barreled plunger gun saves the day again. And with their retro catapult, the turtles are giving the foot some of their own medicine. Anyone remember where we parked? From Playmate! Just before we get to our discussion, it's my pleasure to introduce a brand new segment to the Action Figure Blues podcast. Our friend John, better known to you as Engineer Nerd from TVNFilmToys.com, loves games, and we set him the challenge of coming up with a brand new game, especially for the AFB podcast. I'll hand over to John to tell you what he came up with. Hi, my name is... My name is... My name is... Hello, Engineer Nerd with another name that, if you look at the picture I'm holding, what? It's audio? Oh, wait. That's right. This is the audio version of Name That. Everybody loves the picture game, so why not bring it to the podcast? I'm going to play a toy sound or commercial clip, and you guess it. Come back next week to hear on the podcast what last week's answer was. And here's the sound. Descend. Fire laser guns. 
and that was this week's sound. Comment over at the Action Figure Blues Forum with your guesses as to what this is, and come back next week to find out the answer. Peace out, people. My name is My name is My name is Well, for our discussion topic of the week this week, we're doing something a little bit different. In the past, we normally take the elements of the toy collecting industry and talk about them in detail. But this week, we will do something slightly different because for those of you who may not be aware, there is a little movie in cinemas at the moment called The Avengers. Now, before we get started, we are going to be talking about the Avengers movie in detail, and that includes spoilers and various plot points. So if you don't want to have anything ruined for you because you have not seen the film, please fast forward the next 40 minutes. The international market was lucky enough to get this movie about a week before the continental US release, and so most of us guys here on the podcast have had the opportunity to see the movie. Indeed so guys, Yeah. Yes. You've been, you've seen it, you've probably been back to see it again. So, look, what I, actually what I might do, I might actually start with, I mean, obviously we've all seen it, but um, did you guys see the 3D or the 2D version? I saw it in 3D. I've seen it um, twice and I saw it 3D both times. Okay, and what about you? seen it once and I saw it in 2D because 3D does all kinds of weird things to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I, I actually saw it on opening day, uh, I think, as, as most of us did, and I saw it in 3D, and uh, I actually went back and saw it on Thursday, uh, so a couple of days ago, and I saw the 2D version this time. And I must admit, for me, the, the 2D version did have a lot more clarity to it. I don't generally find 3D ads a lot. No. Um, uh, certainly, if I think back about the movie, I certainly don't think about any of the 3D elements, that's for sure. Um, certainly 3D from when I remember it as a kid where things would come out of the screen, it seems to be a, a concept that's long gone. So, But anyway, look, we've seen it and uh, we've had time to think and digest and that kind of thing. And I think in, in general that the reviews and comments seem to be very positive. Oh, look, it is... Um, I can't remember a film ever living up to hype and expectation for me in the way that this one has. I, I think that, you know, there are, obviously we can get into things that, you know, we, we might criticize. Um, but for me, you know, Joss Whedon has really created something quite amazing. And um, what I, what I hope doesn't happen is that people just don't, you know, take it for granted. When I when I was sitting in it, I think to be able to draw together that many characters, that many big names into a cohesive story and manage to actually not just get a cohesive story written, but to actually bring it to life and manage to get it through the studios, through all the different you know, people that would have had their finger in this pie and actually onto the screen is a huge feat. Um, you know, you only have to... Yeah look at DVD uh, special uh, extra features for, you know, so many films to see how the heart has just been cut out of them by the time they actually get to the, to, to the screen. And uh, the thing I really loved about this was 
that it felt like a cohesive story. It felt like it had the character moments that um, you wanted it to have. It had the action that you wanted it to have and uh, that he actually got it done. So uh, it, to me, it's an outstanding film and, and definitely got to be right up there with the best superhero films, if not the best. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Adam? What were your sort of first reactions? I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, start was a little bit slow and I also, you know, I'm one of those guys, once I need to get past about the two-hour mark, I start getting a bit twitchy and looking around, waiting for it to end, and I got a bit that way in about the last ten minutes of this movie, so could have been a bit shorter yeah. maybe, but that's about the only other real criticism I had. Um, I think it's interesting, yeah, you know, they've... They've obviously saved some budget by not going all stars all across the board, right? I mean, getting rid of Ed Norton from the Hulk role and not putting, you know, an absolute superstar pre-established in the Thor role when they when they shot Thor the other year. Yeah. So I think they've saved themselves some money there and it's probably what's let them go ahead and make this movie. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it could have been an absolute turd sandwich, right? You know, that... That Batman movie that we refuse to acknowledge exists. It could have been as bad as that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I guess when you, you'd make those kind of comparisons, when you realise the money that goes into these things and the creativity, um, the fact that people can generate a turd, it, it really is a miracle that the film came out uh, as well as it did. <coughs> Green um, <Lantern>. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, one of the things I noticed when I came out of the film was... At no stage was I really bored. Like, I, I sort of found, you know, everything that was happening, I was I was quite interested. I was interested to see, um, you know, the bits and pieces, like when, even when we saw, you know, the, the evil Hawkeye sort of um, getting things happening and he, they realised they needed that rare sort of mineral for, you know, the such and such to work. And um, and I just found I'm usually fairly critical of movies in, in that sense of, you know, when things just don't make sense and you're sort of like, well, hang on, why do are they doing that but i just enjoyed this film so much that it really was for me uh, a definitive popcorn film i really just sat back to to enjoy that and um look i i went with a group of people including my wife and she obviously doesn't have the background to the characters that i do and she loved it as well she just thought the the humor in particular was fantastic and the fact that we didn't just nailed those little fanboy moments um, was miraculous. I just think there were so many little things in there that um, he just went, you know, that's for you, that's that's fans, that the average person in a cinema just wouldn't have picked up. I mean, I don't know, um, you know, when when the Hulk trashes Loki uh, and he, he oh. walks off and <laughs> he says, you know, he says puny God. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know how many people in the cinema actually know that, you know, for years and years and years, the Hulk was always talking about smashing puny humans. Um, and so that was a little nod that he didn't need to put in there and, you know, the movie would have gone on without it, but that was just that little tip of the hat to the fan. And oh, yeah. I just, it was yeah. those continuous moments uh, just made it for me. Mm. And for me, that's why, like, I don't agree about the length because I think that, um, you lose some of those things. I mean, we wouldn't have lost that Hulk and Loki moment, but some of those character moments, the quieter moments are the things that get cut out when they try and, and, you know, cut down the length of a, a film. And, um, you know, I look at the 
couple of the X-Men um, films, the first two in particular, you go to the special uh, editions of those and you know, the extra features, and there are the character moments are the things that are cut out of those films. And yeah. particularly in, in the, the first film, you know, there are some bits cut out that to me would have made it such a better film in terms of just rounding out and explaining the characters. And, uh, you know, that's the, the thing that, that I loved about this is I felt that it was whole, it was complete, um, and it wasn't missing that. As well as I think that the, you know, just the, cinem- the cinematography, the, the, the team action that, you know, we, we haven't really seen this many superheroes you know, on the screen actually in action fighting at the same time. The last act of that film to me um, was unbelievable. I just you know, sat that because there was so much action, so much, you know, really good CGI happening. Um, you know, it was pretty seamless and, you know, in- incredible pacing, incredible, um, everything it was a huge accomplishment and it really i stood outside it for a moment and thought you know this isn't just good superhero filmmaking this is really good filmmaking um you know huge accomplishment yeah yeah absolutely i think when i went back to see it a second time um i really had the opportunity to just pay that little bit more attention um to, to things i mean i think the first time around i was I was just in such awe of what was happening that, you know, the old brain switched off. And so mm. time I got to pay, pay attention and, you know, it was, it was just those, um, you know, again, I'll go back to those little things, but for example, throughout the whole film, Captain America is Captain America. He, you know, he plays the good guy through the whole thing. He puts his um, faith, in, in people making the right decisions and, you know, it's it's Tony Stark that actually has to convince him that maybe Fury is hiding something from them. Um, you know, he, he tries to see the good in everyone and then, you know, there's the moment where the the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier gets taken out by a Hawkeye and Iron Man says, you know, you need to get over there and do that. And the next Captain America just leaps off the side of this helicarrier, you know, to... Yeah to get to the thing, you know, and it's 30,000 feet in the air and he just leaps off because, well, that's what he has to do. I mean, he has to do that to save people. And so he just jumps and that's what Captain America does. He he has to save people. So he does what he has to. And then of course, at the end of the film, the, the, I actually missed it the first time when um, Tony Stark actually says to Captain America and he says, Cap, call it. And then Cap starts barking the orders, you know, of, you know, Hawkeye, you get up there and you do this, or you get up there. Um, and, you know, that's Captain America. He's the ultimate strategist and tactician. And so those little moments that just define the character in the comics, just seeing those, um, you know, unfold on screen was just superb. Mm. Mm. So... And yes, I don't know about you guys, but there seemed to be a lot of confusion in the cinema with the end credit sequence. Um, um, yeah, a lot of people just had no idea what that was. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Amusing. Yeah. My, <laughs> my wife looked at me and said, is that something special? And I said, yeah. I said, that's just a little guy called Thanos. <laughs> and she said, oh, he's a, he's a bad guy, I take it. And I said, yeah, he is. And she said, oh, is he powerful? And I went, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I I have to say that I do I thought that was so cool, but it will be really interesting to see how they pull that off. 
um, because yeah. you know that they just in that glimpse that we got, you know, it's, it looked like a pretty literal interpretation of that character. And if that's what they they go with, you know, how they bring that to the screen and how they make that work in a in a sequel is going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. And I guess it wasn't just the fact that it was Thanos, because, you know, if you're even personally familiar with the Marvel Universe, you might know Thanos and, you know, a little bit. But when when the um, the Chitari guy is talking to him and he says to, to take on Earth's heroes is to court death, and that's when Thanos smiles. Yeah. And, you know, if you're yeah. familiar with Thanos, you know that he is in love with the, the personification of death and, and he leads to basically you know, vanquish entire solar systems, if not the universe and everyone in it as a, as a gift to his mistress. And I just, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and it's almost a throwaway line. Like, you know, most people wouldn't even pick it up even if they knew it was Thanos. Mm. So, so what, um, you know, if, if you were going to pick at it, you know, what, what, do you think were the weak points? You know, to me, I, I'm an, I'm obviously a huge fan, love it, but you know, were, were there any weak bits for you or bits that you would do differently? Um, oh, I don't have to go with that first, Adam. <laughs> probably would have, would have cut down the whole, uh, not Hulk, um, Cap versus Thor versus Iron Man fight in the forest. Okay. Um, largely because, I mean, you know, you're looking at, if Thor built the crap out of Iron Man, surely Iron Man built the crap out of Cap, and then therefore Thor built the crap out of Cap, and that didn't seem to happen. So that was a bit just disconcerting. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but from, you know, if I wasn't a comics guy, I'd go, oh, yeah, I can't really see that happening. Um, um, I, I thought that sequence was actually pretty impressive in what I did like about it was, um, you know, if, if we were going to actually talk stats, then obviously Thor's, you know, the strongest one there, but Iron Man's suit makes him strong. Thor's, you know, has that level of invulnerability. Um, Iron Man only does because of his armour. And so what I really liked was, you know, while they were beating the crap out of each other and Iron Man's armour was just getting trashed more and more and Thor keeps taking the hits, but then he just gets up. It's it's like it's almost like yeah. just a normal afternoon for him. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I yeah. thought that it was probably. Um, I understand what you're saying. I think it was probably important just in terms of the establishment of, you know, those three characters as you know because they are the core of the Avengers, and um, and it is also totally unrealistic that you know those characters would come together without a fight. <laughs> Um, you know, the, 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 there's some, you know, kind of testing of each other to be able to then be able to trust each other in battle. And I think that that's why it was important, but I agree. I think it was a little bit, you know, it could have been a little bit shorter. Yeah. And the only other thing that I think really kind of threw me was the whole hope chasing Black Widow bit. And then eventually he smacks her one and, oh, well, she's fine, but he's just totaled that area of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> and that one was kind of a bit of a what did he realize? Like, was it kind of a hint that he was trying to control himself and and didn't hit with full strength on that one? Or yeah, yeah, I I think you'd have to take that interpretation because I mean, you know, otherwise he, he could have obliterated her. Really, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, the 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 only thing that I I mean, I nothing particularly bothered me, but 
the one thing on the second viewing that did I thought the, some of the shield sequences were not as strong as they could have been. You know, like I think you know the opening didn't wear for me as well the second time around. Um, I think that uh, Kobe Smulders did a fine job um, as Maria Hill, but I just think it was weird casting because in my brain she's a comedic actress. You know, it's it's what? it's Robin it's Robin from How I Met Your Mother, and I I just found it difficult to not go, oh, that's Robin from How I Met Your Mother, you know, and not, um, you know, think about the, the, the gravitas and the, the weight that you want that character to have. Nothing wrong with her performance, um, but I just, I don't know, I found it was a weird casting. Um, and Sam, yeah, yeah, Sam sorry. Yeah. No, look, I, I, not, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't establish her more as an existing Marvel character. Um, I was paying attention on the second viewing, and you know, I, I don't actually re- remember her being referred to as you know Agent Maria Hill um, or Agent Hill kind of thing. She's kind of just just happens to be the the sidekick, and yeah. you know, I didn't get any sort of feeling that she was quite a high level member of Shield. Um, she was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, she got she got into it. She was into a bit of the action and that sort of thing. So that was nice. Yeah. But um No, they they definitely yeah, didn't yeah. give you that if you didn't know who she was supposed to be, you wouldn't come away with an understanding of that at all. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think my biggest disappointment was that I I I honestly thought we were going to get some cameos that there would be a lot more cameos and you know, I wasn't asking for anything fantastic, but you know, I I really did think that they were going to have Spider-Man swing past in the background or, or something like that. I thought with the, the amazing Spider-Man film coming up, they might have really taken that opportunity to do, do that subtle bit of promotion. And, you know, the geek factor would have been enormous. Um, and, yeah, they they didn't do it. See, I think that that I'm, – I'm glad they didn't because I think that that, mm-hmm. that date – it dates it and – it, because when you link it to another, like, oh, that's when they were doing that Spider-Man film, blah, blah, blah. but also it kind of devolves into a self-awareness that um, I, I love the fact that this film didn't have that, that they, there was a lot of humor in it, but the humor was never at the expense of either the comic book fans or of the characters. And I think that, you know, once you get to that, um, you know, the, those little cameos, there's a, there's a cute element to it which does become it kind of breaks the fourth wall a bit in a sense and is a bit of a self-aware thing and i i don't think that this movie needed that there was so much happening already that it didn't this movie didn't need that in order to be um the success that it was so yeah i yeah I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't think it needed it to enhance the film in any way. I mean, for example, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, a movie like Spider-Man, uh, particularly a sequel, um, it should just open with him fighting a villain. Um, I mean, I'm there to see Spider-Man in his outfit fighting with the rhino in the middle of a street. But, you know, the way they do these movies, no, we can't just have Spider-Man fighting the rhino. We have to have this long assed origin story of how this guy becomes the rhino and you know that sort of thing and so you know i'm worried that you know i'd love for avengers 2 to just start them fighting the wrecking crew but you know that that doesn't seem to happen in these films you've got to go through these long ass 
intros on, on yeah. how these characters came to be. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, I'm actually dreading that with the next Spider-Man film. But um, the only other sort of things I have is I'm, I'm still sold on the costumes. Um, I, I, I mean, looking at that Hot Toys figure, if that was Thor's costume, um, I kind of sit back and go, well, look, you know, he, he's got the, the hammer and he's got the red cape, but... You know, if if you need to change it that much, why not just go with Olivier Koipel's new costume? Um, I think that would have looked great on screen. Um, you know, so why why did I feel the need to just redesign everything? It's um, yeah, I don't know. I think there could be elements of Hawkeye's costume in there too. I, I don't think he had a definitive costume for me. Uh, he just looks like a guy in a sleeveless leather vest sort of thing. It's pretty much the ultimate Hawkeye, isn't it? Pretty much, except he didn't have the uh, little slick shades. So, but having said that, I thought Hawkeye was fantastic. I think he he was great, and you know when he when Cap sent him up on top of the building to call out, um, you know where the action was, and you know there's that one scene where he he shoots the arrow without even looking, and uh, you know that that's just like a little internal geek cheer from me. So, yeah, no, that it was it was very good. The the other my main niggle, and this was something that more bugged me on the second run around, was that uh, Sam Jackson is just Samuel Jackson, and I, <laughs> I I just I felt like you know he I don't know I I'm not a fan of his acting, and it it really stood out for me in this because he plays himself. Um, and, uh, in most films where I thought in this in particular, you know, he is playing himself and it just, it didn't distract him and he's not, you know, he's not that important to the, the overall thing, but it was just a bit of a clanging thing. Cause I really felt like the people around him were really bringing their A game in a sense. And I don't know, there's just something about his line delivery or whatever that bugs me. And yeah, I, that, that was, uh, yeah. It's it's just. Do you guys um, yeah. Do you guys watch Batman at all? Uh we've just finished watching season one. I find it to be the most boring show ever. <laughs> I um, you know um, Don Ham, the the actor John, who plays John, Don Draper. John John. Yeah, yeah. yeah John Ham. I I just think he'd make a great um, Nick Fury. I just the uh, you know the the regular Nick Fury as opposed to the ultimate Nick Fury. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, the other thing I was hoping for, and having now seen a film, I can understand why they didn't do it, just because there was already so much happening. Was I, I thought there might actually be the opportunity for Haley Atwell to come back. She played Peggy Carter in the Captain America film, and I thought there'd be an opportunity to perhaps bring her back as Sharon Carter. Um, you know, the, the niece of his sort of long-lost love sort of thing. But um, I don't know, maybe for the Captain America sequel. Yeah, that, that was thinking that, that maybe they're going to save that for the sequel. Mm. Yeah, I've got a feeling that they're going to have to do something major about some kind of superhuman recognition, superhuman control act kind of thing, registration act, mm. in the next arc of Avengers. I can't see how you explain that you're just going to let that level of damage to Manhattan slide. So I would expect that there's going to be, you know, a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie coming out and it's going to have to deal with a whole lot of this kind of stuff. Yes. I suppose now with the success of the film, I'm sure once it 
really hits the American market where and becomes a, a blockbuster of epic proportions. All the usual talk, uh, industry talk of spin-offs will uh, no happen and there'll be talk of ScarJo getting her own Black Widow film, no doubt, and as, as always happens with these kind of films. So they've already got the next Iron Man planned out, don't they, as extremists? Uh, I think they, yeah, they actually start filming in six weeks or something. Yeah. It's, it's due out in July next year. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think we can go past it without talking um, a bit about Agent Coulson. Um, it, you know, to me, I I just loved what they did with the character in in the film. I thought that the way that they um, built him up, um, that the the lovely little moments that they gave him, the way that they really showed you know that he was a badass as well as um, being just you know that kind of guy that we've come to know in the movies um, prior was fantastic. Um, you know, what did you think about the about his death and the way that that they handled that? Hmm. Oh, look, I thought it was all well done. Um, I, I certainly think you know he he had his moment to to shine. Um, yeah, was it necessary to really kickstart the Avengers by having him killed? Um, yeah, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the movies are going to start to get very busy with the, just the, the sheer number of characters. But I don't know. Maybe he was that character who would always bring sort of a, a levelling to it, I guess, um, being the everyman. But, but I thought it was well done, though. Hmm. I mean, if you had to kill someone that was, you know, people knew who it was already, who else are you going to kill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy playing Galaga. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, I thought it was a great, and I don't know whether or not it was, you know, the intention from the beginning, but it was, um, it definitely did bring an element of a pathos, I guess, and of just, you know, the seriousness of everything that was happening. And it definitely surprised me. Yeah. I was not, I was yeah, not, yeah. not expecting that at all. And, um, so to, to, to see it happen, I thought it was good just from the point of view of, wow, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting that. Um, mm. yeah, but, uh, and, but also definitely sad because they really made you like the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 especially yeah with the Captain America trading cards. Oh, so. fantastic, fantastic! I did like the Nick Fury used that to exploit uh, the team. Yeah, yes, and I mean that's what Nick Fury's known for anyway. So, so I guess that was in character. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I also heard um, a few people chatting and saying that you know I don't understand how the Hulk suddenly became such a team player. Um, given that, you know, he went on Lampage on the helicarrier. But, but, I mean, from from my viewings, I'd assume that it's because Loki was manipulating him. Yeah. And, I mean... I just thought it was a case of he'd lost control for a bit. Uh, yeah. Take whatever uh, interpretation you want. The guy's nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, Black Widow did actually, um, you know, uncover the fact that that he was planning on using the Hulk and Banner became increasingly sort of unstable when he was in, um, in the lab and Loki is the trickster God, you know, he's the God of mischief. So um, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he was manipulating, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there, uh, there were things around the Hulk. Uh, yeah, obviously um, we, we get a different take 
on him on one level from the the previous films but there were things around the hulk that i thought you know were a bit ambiguous and the uh line at the end where you know he says you know my secret is i'm always angry um you know that that was yeah you know, something that you had to kind of stop and go okay yep i'm prepared to accept that um because you know it's different from what we've seen before but i i, I thought that um you know it it made sense within the film um but and i thought mark ruffalo was just a fantastic bruce banner fantastic <laughs> oh just you know yeah. you just like like okay this is what i've been waiting for yeah i had no problems with the other two guys really i mean eric banner got stuck in a just in, in a weird film um but but could could have been a good banner um and i, I liked edward norton um but to me particularly i think for the avengers um he fit into the cast so perfectly and hit Bruce Banner at just the right note for what you'd like to see within a group of people. He was great. Yes. Yeah. I think the only thing, other, the only other little, not, not a nitpick, I guess, but just um, from just wanting to see these characters realized on the screen was um, seeing Captain America throw his shield more. Um, you know, over the years I've become quite a fan of Cap and there's always been this whole element where he, he sort of, he runs, dumps, throws the shield, um, kicks two people, uh, you know, while his shield's hitting someone else, then someone else then bounces and then he lands and, and catches the shield, you know, showing that he has that finesse to know exactly where it's going to land after he's thrown it. And I would have liked to have seen that worked in somehow, mm. but, um, yeah, look, he's still in there doing his thing. So it's, yeah. Yes, I think given that the an element um, can be so critical of of superhero movies and uh, I guess even cartoons things like that, um, to to get so close to to what we want is is really credit. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's try and keep this, you know, if we can, um, somewhat related to the topic of toys and and the like. Um, there hasn't been that much merchandise out there for this. So I would have thought this would be an opportunity to just really, um, you know, hype the movie and get products everywhere. But, you know, normally I thought we would see things like, um, you know, Happy Meal toys and McDonald's and, and that sort of thing. But there really isn't that much out there. I think that uh, retailers... And the companies have to be getting pretty wary of how deeply they go into merchandising these films because you know there's every possibility there that they can tank. And the yeah. you know was, Green Lantern. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we talked about last week with the movie tie-in toys. You know, there have been a number of really uh, you know fantastically bad performances at retail of some you know toys from movies that just haven't done well and so that's mm. got to you know what the retailers are prepared to take has you know impacts on what the companies can make and i think that this is the kind of movie too that you know it can it's you've got a franchise here if this does well then you know we i reckon well i mean we know it is going to do well that but now that um we'll see more I think we we will see more um, flow out and and really 
you know, that that's the stuff that we want to collect is less the stuff that, you know, is just around in the, uh, the, the checkout aisles right where the movie's out so that mums and dads will buy it and more the collector aim stuff anyway. And hopefully, you know, we will see, I, I really love to see, you know, all the, the main characters from this get, get toys. I, I'd love to get a, you know, I don't, I don't want to pay hot toys prices for a Phil Coulson, but I definitely would buy a six inch figure of him. And, um, you yeah. know, uh, so I hope that we at least get that now that the movie, you know, is clearly on the way to being a success. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's been a bit out. Um, there was, you know, the Avengers three and three quarters line, although realistically there's not a lot of difference between that. If you compare it to the Iron Man two line and the cap line and the Thor line will combine. But then you've still got Captain yeah. Thor sitting on pegs, so what are you going to do? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. We did get, start getting vehicles in that that scale, so that's a bit of a bonus. I'm still waiting for them to actually give us a release date for the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. I, I think it was also disappointing that we hear about the six-inch um, movie figures and they turn out to be a Walmart exclusive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah, once again. Yeah. Exactly. I'll just pop down to my Walmart, shall I? Uh, well, again, I think it just it says something about the state of the market. You know, that mm. I mean, gone are the days where every movie, you know, gets toys full stop. And even yep. for movies that, you know, seem on track to do well, you know, it's it's the market and it's also the price of producing them is increasing. It's not a a cheap, you know, thing where people can just throw a bit of money at it and see what happens. You know, it is an investment, and uh, and you know, to be fair, Hasbro has got a lot of sunk into their Marvel product already, and they've got the license to do it. So, you know, perhaps if you know someone else had the license and they weren't already producing a lot of Marvel toys, then you might see something bigger for this, but. Yeah, I, I think you know the the six inch line being Walmart exclusive is disappointing. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I'm just I'm not surprised, and I think that if I was uh, looking at it from a, a marketing and a sales point of view, I would be pushing. Look, let's be conservative, you know, because we don't we don't know this could tank, and then we could end up with a you know a Green Lantern or a Superman Returns style debacle. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you know we've. Right here, right now, in, in the world of, of comics and, and pop culture in general, um, we're probably at the biggest point we've ever been. And, uh, I mean, this week, you know, we've seen the release of Avengers, which is huge. We had free comic book day today. Um, today's May 5th. And, um, you know, we're in a, a pretty good place at the moment. But uh, I don't know. Do you think that the success of the Avengers and... Obviously, free comic book day was a, a huge hit. We've seen articles online with um, you know huge lines waiting to get into comic book stores. Um, you know, do you think this will you know create interest, generate interest in comics and toys? <sighs> Traditionally, the movies don't translate to comics. No. They just don't. Mm. Every time they they reboot the comics to line up the movie and get no real bump in sales, so. That doesn't seem to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the first, what, couple of months of the movie, you don't really get much of the way in sales on toys. So, yeah. What do you get? Yeah, it's 
disappointing. I mean, you look at something like, um, you know, Spider-Man 2, for example. You know, it, it took somewhere in the vicinity of $380 million in the US. And when you divide that by sort of $10 a ticket, that's an awful lot of people that went to see the movie. And, you know, you, you have to sort of wonder. It's like, really, you're that keen to see the movie, but you don't have any interest in the comic books that they're based on. Um, it, it's funny that we just... Yeah, don't pick up that extra readership. Hmm. I, I think that it is a. It, it would be a very unusual thing for an adult, you know, even a young adult, um, to who doesn't have any background in comics to pick up. You know, it's something that might bring some people who had a background in comics back to, but mm-hmm. I, I think it, it is a a particular, um, you know, interest that is probably hard to pick up as an adult and and you know one thing there's there's an aspect to it which is just about knowing how to read them because it is yeah. a separate type of literacy um you know it yeah. is, is a visual literacy that um you don't just automatically have i know you know my wife who is a is a teacher and a highly intelligent and qualified person can't read comics because she never read them when she was growing up, and when she looks at them, she doesn't know um, where to to go on the page. And um, it's interesting, you know, in my my day job, I work in education, and I'm actually teaching a graphic novel this term. And even for um, kids at the age that you would think are right into comics, a lot of them actually have to be taught how to read, like, you know, how to put together the the words and the images to create a story, where to look, what order to look. Um, And I I found that quite fascinating for some kids that just look at it and go, I don't get it, I don't know what to do. And So I do think Mm. that there is that barrier there, that it's a hard thing to actually pick up if you have no kind of context for it. Um, So, yeah, I I agree with Adam. I don't, unfortunately, I think that while it definitely increases people's awareness of the characters – I think that probably what the good movie sales mean is more good movie sales, not necessarily better comic sales. But, I mean, you could probably do something, right? I mean, it takes how long to put together one of these movies? What, one and a half, two years? So you could write a whole TV or, sorry, movie universe line, put it out as a series of graphic novels and make them simpler graphic novels. I mean, I'm not talking go back to, you know, the old 60s, 9 grid, Nine by or three by three grid, but you know, yeah, yeah. Start making it a simpler format to read. Don't make it all the big fancy splash pages and look. You can't see who's moving where. Yeah, I, I, all the time. I do definitely mm. see an increased interest um, in comics with the advent of digital comics. Um, and again, like in the age group that I that I work with, I see there are many more kids it's, it's something that i always talk about when when i'm teaching and you know you throw it in where, wherever because it's part of your experience and um you know whereas in years gone past you know i may not have found any kid that actually was really into comics um there are definitely more kids picking it up now because it's available digitally and yep. um and kids you know asking um questions to each other not necessarily to me about it, you know, I work in an environment where every kid has their own tablet, their own device, and they're definitely there and reading them. 
and uh, sharing them. So you know, I think, but I think that's actually more about the medium than it is about um, you know the movies or that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and look, I can't say that I've ever walked into a cinema to see a um, a comic book film and seen a stand in the foyer that has comics available. Um, you know, I would have thought that the odd comic shop would, would come up with some kind of um, deal with their cinema to, to set up a bit of a booth or something. But at the same time, um, I saw the movie twice in two different cinemas and I didn't see any of those advertising slides beforehand that said, hey, you know, you're about to see the movie, but, you know, why don't you check out the comics they're based on available now at... You know, there's none of that kind of linking. So it's kind of like, and then comic uh, shops in general, you know, you don't find them in those huge shopping centres like Westfield, like we have in Australia. They're they're always, you know, often off in the corner somewhere. So yeah. Yeah, all right, very good. All right, well, we've had a bit of a chat about that, guys. Any any sort of last thoughts before we move on, or should we head on to Toy of the Week? Uh, That's okay. Go to it. Yeah, all I want to say is please make more. <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, that wraps up our discussion topic. And uh, continuing on our Avengers celebration, we'll be right back with the Toy of the Week. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And we're sticking with all things Avengers and we've decided to revisit the rapid-fire reviews format from a few episodes ago and review our favourite Avengers-related toy. Okay, so let's get into it. First up, Scott. Please give us. Oh, I'm first. I'm just getting my um, little stopwatch ready. So off we go. I am. This was an easy choice for me because the favorite item in my entire collection happens to be an Avenger, and that is my sideshow premium format She Hulk statue. Um, this was the first Sideshow Premium Format figure that I ever bought, and uh, I was just sucked into it because I was really taken by the fantastic representation of Jennifer Walters. Um, Sideshow's had a little bit of a hard run with some of their Premium Formats lately. They've had some real quality control issues um, with Rogue and Psylocke, uh, a number of people sending things back, not happy. Um, this She-Hulk is an outstanding piece in every regard. The head sculpt is fantastic. Um, the way that her hair is sculpted, the way that her face is sculpted, her eyes are you know, painted looking in exactly the right direction. Um, if you haven't seen this, and there will be pictures in the Enhanced podcast, um, I have the Sideshow exclusive version. So it's She-Hulk in her kind of uh, 
purple outfit that she wore a lot when Peter David was writing her and um, John Byrne as well, uh, with the kind of white and purple top and then her purple cargo pants almost and boots. And the Sideshow exclusive version has her um, holding a a parking meter in one hand like she's just ripped it out of the ground. And it's just such a clever way of representing the character. So it is a, it's a quarter scale figure. Uh, it has a, a great base that looks like it's you know, on a, a rocky uh, road kind of surface that the parking meter has been uh, pulled out of. So it's, and I, I like that kind of clever element to it. The, the, the regular version without the parking meter looks fantastic as well, but I think it, it really adds something. It is, um, like I said, the the quality control on this is fantastic, and it's something you know. A lot of things I've had it for a while now, and a lot of things you know, the you, you always like it, but the the newness wears off eventually. And I still constantly find myself um, being drawn into this piece and looking at it and appreciating it. You know, every time I walk past, it's uh, something that people often comment on when they see it as well. Most of the premium format uh, figures have a combination of paint and sculpt and fabric, although they've been moving more towards some pretty much all sculpted figures recently. On this one, it's just her pants, those those purple pants that are fabric, but they they fit in quite ni- quite nicely. Um, they're they're actually fitted into her boots, which are sculpted and and sculpted beautifully. Her top is actually just sculpted on, and I think that that actually gives it a bit more of a, a statue feel and a bit more shape because sometimes the the clothing can be maybe a little bit bulky or not work for, for the shape as well. Um, but, you know, it, it like I said, it's not just my favorite Avengers-related toy. It remains the favorite bit of my collection, really, um, and something that continues to draw my eye, and I love having it. And if I was going to give her a rating, I couldn't give her any less than $10 out of 10 and uh, that's not wow. just uh, that's not just being generous. She absolutely deserves it. It is a um, you know something that that it's it's a really really stunning piece. Really stunning piece. I should mention as well just that her um, on her trousers. The other thing that is uh, a favorite piece is the belt on her trousers as well, and it's got that you know great kind of um, detail and and stitching that you hope to get it at this scale. So great piece absolutely love it um i think she's pretty hard to find now but if you ever come across one and you don't own it you absolutely need to have her in your collection but you can't have mine (laughs) excellent (laughs) thanks i'd almost be too terrified to look on ebay to see uh, just how much they'd be going for so yeah actually I, i think you probably could find the regular edition um still at a reasonable price i think that the exclusive um is certainly going to be hard to find but i don't think this is one that has absolutely gone through the roof like some others have Um, but then again i haven't looked for a while so i could be um i could be wrong about that but definitely one that is (laughs) worth having i've really focused my premium formats right down to uh the marvel ladies and one of the reasons for that is because this was that first one and she is absolutely stunning. So highly recommended. Very easy choice for my Avengers toy. And that's time. Yeah, nice. You just threw that out so you could get to five minutes. I yeah. absolutely did. And it's <laughs> easy to do that when you hold the stopwatch. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, indeed. Indeed. All right, Adam, are you ready to give this a go? 
Yeah, sure, let's go. So I picked All for right. my uh, toy of the week my Marvel Legends Series 7 Hawkeye, which I think is the second most expensive single Marvel Legends scale figure I ever paid or paid money for. Um, and guess what? I opened it because I'm that uh. kind of he is it's very hard to get um so yeah i think it's a great figure i mean it's got you know loads of articulation as you expect from a marvel legend he came with a variety of various arrows that you could have there was a net looking arrow and an explosive one and i think everyone's favorite one would be the ant-man arrow so it's uh the arrow that has a little ant-man hanging on the end of it um and he's got his bow and he's even got some other funny-looking thing that he, like some kind of sky cycle looking thing, uh, which I don't think I've ever pr- tried posing on. Um, the only issue I really have, I guess, with the whole figure is, and this is an issue I've had with every single Hawkeye figure I've got, is getting him to hold the bloody bow and the bloody arrows. <laughs> because any time anyone bumps anything near that cabinet, it falls off. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys have come up with a solution to this or... Um, I was just looking at my Hawkeye figure on the shelf and I noticed that his bow is laying at his feet. So, yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm not alone. Um, Mine's not on display, so can't tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of great options that you can do with that figure. I think he fits well in the... In the line, he's probably about the right scale. He doesn't have the fugly falcon shoulders, although they're not the best-looking shoulders you've ever seen. Um, as far as where I'd put him on the scale of a Marvel Legends, he's probably about about an eight, I'd say. There are a couple that are better, but at that stage, you're getting out of the Avengers line. True. <laughs> and it's a... a- it really is a costume too. Like it, it's you know you look at it and it's yep that's that's the Hawkeye I would have wanted. It's, um, it's yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, I think while I understand why the movie um, didn't go with that costume because it is not something that translates well, I think to you know to real life. It's definitely such an iconic costume, isn't it? And it's uh, when it's done well. I think the Marvel Select figure that came out recently is a great Hawkeye as well, but I definitely still have a soft spot for the Marvel Legends Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. that's Series 7. Sorry, I was going to say that's yeah. Series 7. Series 7, very, yeah. It was very scarce. I don't think it was very well distributed, so he's very hard to come by. Mm. But, I mean, if you were going to do it, I guess, and if the Avengers was going, the movie was going to do something more like that, you could have gone for, I guess, House of M had a vaguely more... Moderny superhero-y look, but you know, I don't think he had the, the little tunicky skirt. But I think he had the silk, like the blues were silver, and he had stuff going all the way down his arm, so it's a bit more like the Quipple Thor. But you know, I don't think I really want a figure of that. So no, <laughs> yeah, and I guess that was one of the things we were grateful for with Marvel Legends is that generally they stuck with the, the more iconic version of uh, of the characters' costumes. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Excellent. Well, Tony, right. you're under time as well. I'll have to ring the buzzer early for you. You did such a good job, Adam. <laughs> well done. No worries. 
Very good. All right. Well, that leaves me. Okay, you ready, Ben? I'll shut the clock for you. I am indeed. Yay. Okay, you probably already started it, haven't you? It's You're deliberately cutting me now. down. No, no, no. All it's right. Going now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to talk about the Marvel Legends Series One Iron Man figure. Um, I started picking up Marvel Legends from the very beginning. Uh, I wasn't involved in the online community at the time, so uh, I just happened to walk into a Toys R Us one day and just saw these figures on the shelf and, and thought, oh, okay, there's some new Marvel figures and there was Captain America and Iron Man and I, uh, I actually picked everybody up uh, except Toad, of course. And the Iron Man figure really jumped out at me. Um, I've been reading comic books for a long time and uh, when I was uh, a young nipper... Um, uh, Australia had this long history of producing sort of black and white reprints of American comic books. There were a number of companies um, like uh, Murray's that used to reprint um, Marvel and, and DC comics, and so I used to get my hands on a lot of those. And the ones that sort of I'm the, the fondest of, I guess, are those early Iron Mans with this just great, artwork by guys like Johnny Craig and, and George Tusker, um, that really traditional red and gold armour. This was the, the first real set of red and gold armour that, that Iron Man had. And this figure just represents it beautifully. Uh, it is that definitive kind of Johnny Craig armour. And um, I guess the other good thing I, I really like about this figure is he's actually quite large. He, When you stand him next to the other Marvel Legends figures, you do get that sense that it could actually be a guy in a suit. Um, we have commented in the past on a number of occasions how Iron Man figures don't scale up particularly well um, because, you know, it would be a very short, skinny person inside the armour. Yeah. Um, I guess like Rob, Robert Downey Jr. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and this figure has all, all the elements that, that just make that armour classic. Um, the the I, I didn't realise at the time that his faceplate actually came off and, and reveals Tony Stark underneath with um, not a bad sculpt at all, actually. It's the classic Tony Stark with just the, mus, uh, the moustache before he sort of went for the goatee as well. Um, but, but one of the things that I really like about this figure is it has all the usual sort of articulation that you expect from a Marvel Legends figure, um, but this is actually one of the times where the articulated fingers actually come in handy because he has the this sort of pin... Um, joint in his wrist and you can actually pose him with his arms out in front of him and his, his sort of palms out, fingers up as if he's using his repulses to, to sort of blast somebody and uh, that's how he's, he's sort of always been in my collection and I occasionally sort of walk past and look and you know there, there really is no other way to, to pose him, any other way you sort of um, set him up it just looks um, just looks odd I guess so uh, he's been like that for an awfully long time on my shelf and uh, certainly a little dusty um, and I um, it occurred to me while collecting Marvel Legends that Iron Man was one of those characters that I could buy all the the variations that they brought out because you know he does actually have the multiple suits of armor so I have picked up pretty much all the Iron Man figures they've done, including the ones, um, the, the comic book and movie ones in six-inch scale. Um, this figure sort of clocks in fairly fairly big. He's about six and a half inches tall. Uh, and this one, without a doubt, is still my favourite. Um, to me, it just it represents everything that um, I, I remember 
you know, fondly from um, when I was a kid reading the, you know, the, the Johnny Craig issues, those those early issues with characters like the Unicorn and oh, um, wow. and the Freak <laughs> and the Freak, etc. So, um, yeah, look, I, I just love this figure. They haven't managed to do an Iron Man that I would swap this one for. This is the one that I'll always have on my in my display and uh, look you know um, other than a few little sort of issues with the figure like a, a dodgy dodgy waist joint which I think was just um, you know they were still sort of settling in with what they were going to do with these figures um, I'm going to give him 9 out of 10 wow nice Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yes. It, I've mentioned, I think, before that I wasn't collecting toys then, but I definitely remember seeing this first wave um, in, in Kmart somewhere along the way and often look back and think of what could have been. <laughs> I, I definitely do not own this figure. <laughs> Especially if you had picked up sort of the seven toads that were on the uh, on the pegs at the time, you could have um, bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you know, a weird thing is that years later, after I was collecting, um, oh, and that's time right there, by the way, so good job. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. After I was collecting, I was down for something at my in-law's place, and they live in kind of southern New South Wales, and I went into their local mire, and they had like four or five uh, wave one Captain America's sitting in their toy aisle. And this is where, you know, we were way past, um, we would have been kind of at wave eight or nine, I think. And, and I just remember looking at it and thinking, Oh, is this a, this must be a reproduction. Like it must be a, cause they did, they did do some kind of reissues of some of the Marvel legends, but they had difference, differences to show you that they were and I looked and looked again and it was definitely the right one and uh you know I, I all I can figure is that they must have had an old box out the back that you know fell behind something and then they pulled it out <laughs> and thought, oh, put this out and unfortunately it was just at a particular point where I had absolutely no way of legally obtaining these figures I just didn't have the money uh, <laughs> I didn't have a big enough yeah. coat to be able to smuggle them out so yeah. So, so sad. Uh, it'll be yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the success of the movie will actually generate even more interest in these figures. Uh, I noticed over the last uh, since the new Marvel Legends uh, have come out from Hasbro that some of the older ones have seen some some action. So this might just further boost those numbers. Indeed, indeed. Hmm. Very good. Excellent, guys. All right. Well, that was a bit of fun. Any last comments before we move on? Yay, Avengers toys. <laughs> or lack thereof. Oh, Excellent. Lack thereof. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Toy of the Week, and when we come back, we'll have some feedback before we wrap things up. Duke in trouble. Scramble the Storm Eagle. But the I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet. But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs>
Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. So I actually have our first piece of feedback tonight. Um, I was actually having a conversation with regular listener Jared and one of the things that he mentioned was that he really enjoys the fact that our reviews are accessible and interesting uh, even if um, they, the listener doesn't know the background uh, of the character. We structure it in a way that uh, makes it interesting and, and worth listening to and he finds that he doesn't feel a need to sort of skip ahead of uh, anything and I think that, you know, thanks, Jared. We, we always sort of appreciate that kind of feedback, and that is something that we try to do with our reviews. We, we sort of try and cover all the elements and um, not just talk about, you know, just how well the figure represents the actual character, but I guess the, the workmanship that has gone into the figure and, and those kinds of elements. I think that that reflects to, you know, what are the the things, you know, going back to the Action Figure Blues forum, one of the things that the forum was always set up to do was to be a place where people could like what they like um, and where, you know, we show an interest in each other's collections, even if it's not something that we personally collect. And I know that my um, interests and collecting tastes have definitely broadened because of some of the things that I've been exposed to. You know, we're never just about focusing on one particular line or type of characters, but, you know, it's the kind of place where, hey, you know, you like collecting something, you want to share about it, great, go and do that, and we will we will talk to you about it. We'll be happy to listen. And I, I think that that comes across in, then in the eclectic kind of things that we cover. So definitely glad to hear that feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. All right, well, moving on, uh, Adam, you've got some feedback. Yeah, we've got an email from Salvador Ladines. I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, which is an email to the podcast. Uh, Salvador writes, Hi, guys. First of all, I want to thank you all for this site, uh, most especially the weekly podcast. It's been very informative and fun to hear you discuss the things toy collectors want to talk about and relate to your satisfaction and frustration regarding the things we love to collect. With regard to your topic, Would You Pay For More?, I just want to express my frustration with the Marvel Select bases. A lot of them end up on my storage box for the same reasons you have brought up during this discussion. I just want to share an idea that popped up while listening to your podcast. Marvel Legends offer a bath. DCUC give us Collect and Connect. How about Marvel Select gives us a something similar? Why not give us a badass figure? Badass, which stands for Build and Display a Super Select. Whether it's an action figure or a super diorama, at, that, at this scale, that would be simple. That would simply be fantastic. It would certainly be badass. <laughs> Again, thanks power. I like the American accent there, the badass. Badass. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Yeah, look, I think that's a pretty reasonable request. I, I certainly, um, yeah, I like the idea of the Marvel Select X-Men figures coming with parts of the danger room, but then, you know, they occasionally step out of that, as we mentioned, with, like, the gates to Xavier's school yeah. for gifted youngsters. But uh, I think if they had have stuck with um, a particular theme and certainly elements that could fit together, you, you could have had a pretty awesome diorama by now. I think the problem is they don't really do a wave with Marvel Select. I mean, you look yeah. at what did you get with the Arachne or Julia Carpenter Spider Woman, whatever it was. You got half of a two Hydra agents or something, didn't you? Yeah, the same, the yeah. same half. Yeah. Yeah. 
both top bars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, right, I just like that. I just like that Adam said badass. <laughs> That's my favourite bit of the whole thing. <laughs> we can thank Salvador for that. So. Yeah, Th- thank you, Salvador, for making Adam say badass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start moving us towards a, a close now because it's getting very late. Awesome, so... that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new. That's my new. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to the end of episode number thirteen of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us tonight. You will be able to download future episodes of podcasts by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab, or by subscribing at iTunes. And if you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a rating and review. And hey, you know, even email us and let us know what country you're from, so we can adjust our iTunes to see those reviews. <laughs> hey, I have to say something. You know how a couple a couple of weeks ago we we talked about the fact that oh, you can only see your uh, the reviews for that particular country when you go to that version of iTunes. And when we did that, we were looking around, and I think the last the last one I looked at was the UK. And the next time I came back into my iTunes, I was trying to buy something, and it was all, like, quoting it to me in pounds, and I was like, what the hell is going on with this thing? It's broken! And, and I realized, like, oh, I still had my iTunes set to UK iTunes. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> just imagine if you had it on Zimbabwe. <laughs> but, you know, the the other good thing about that is, too, that, you know, some of our um, friends, you know, we only know one person from that country. So it's really easy to go somewhere like Argentina, for example, <laughs> and notice that no one who listens from Argentina has taken the time to leave us a bloody review. Not that I'm talking to anyone in particular, yeah. the one person that listens to us in Argentina. So get get your act together. Be, be badass. Come on. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've finished talking about our friend Tom, while you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might name like names. To check... <laughs> Gee, Ben, grief. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there, and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and PopCulture.com. They do help keep the site running. And when we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. Now there, you'll find Scott posting as Andy. I'm you'll actually thinking of changing it to badass. badass. <laughs> Stay tuned. You'll find Badass Adam posting as Westy, and you'll find Mick and Mild Ben posting as Fish Milkshake. Now, we'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics, and you can do that by emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com or just by joining the forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter, at AFBlues, and, of course, like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook. You'll find that at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. All right, guys, it's been a bit of an epic one tonight. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the, our company this evening. I've enjoyed Adam's company. Thank you, Adam, very yeah. much for um, helping us out, and we'll we'll have you back. No worries. Thanks Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, then, guys, we shall wrap this up, and uh, we'll meet again next week. Good job. Good night, everybody. Good. Okay. Good night, Bye, everybody. Badass. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> Badass.
the time's the charm. I know what I'm getting Ben for Christmas. Uh, a blue, a blue blowjob. <laughs> Snowballer. <laughs> you, you only know, you only know half of the snowball saga, Adam. That's all I can say. You, I hope the other half uh, is good. Yeah, the, the, no, seriously. <sighs> I, I, yeah, I, I, it's it's too terrible to even tell you. That's right. Okay. Five. Um, five. What? Four, three. <laughs> uh, what? That's you Five. Five. <laughs> five. What? <laughs> you seem to be having a little bit of trouble counting there, Ben. Five dollars for a snowball? What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready when you are. Never do. Good, good. 